Oh Lord bless you if I could have you direct your attention to the book of Genesis chapter 45 verses 8 and 13 Genesis chapter 45 verses 8 and 13 So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me father to Pharaoh and Lord over his house. Verse 13. And you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all that you have seen. And you shall make haste and bring my father hither. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. This morning, for the next few moments, I'd like to talk to you from this subject, the journey to my destiny. The journey to my destiny. Would you help me say the journey to my destiny? When we think in terms of the word journey, we think in terms of going from one place to another, or passage from one stage of life to another, as one would take a journey to success, or a two days journey through the desert. There is a journey, it's a process. I need your prayers. I have some friends who tell folk they're going to preach anyhow. I have not arrived there yet. I need everybody's help. <laughs> there was a little girl who asked her father for a nickel, for a nickel. He uh, reached into his pocket trying to find a nickel, but he had no change at all in his pocket. And so he pulled out his wallet, and in his wallet there were several $20 bills. So he said to the little girl, honey, I don't have any change. I don't have any nickels, but here's a $20 bill. The little girl said, uh, no, daddy, I, I want a nickel. Because the little girl didn't understand that within the $20 bill, there were 400 nickels. Not knowing the value of the $20 bill, she said, Daddy, I want a nickel. And the dad tried to explain to her that there are 400 nickels in a $20 bill, but she could not understand it. Many times, we're the same way. We want a nickel when God wants to give you a $20 bill. She was in a hurry to get a nickel. Some people are in a hurry to marry anybody and anything. And they're asking God for a nickel husband when God wants to give them a $20 husband. 
or they're asking God for a nickel wife when God wants to give them a $20 wife. Or we're asking sometimes for a nickel experience and God wishes to give you a $20 experience. Child of God, you are unique. You are very unique. God wants you to have life, but not only life, but he wants you to have life more abundantly. You know, when you iron a shirt that's wrinkled, you have to add some steam and heat to get out the wrinkles. And it's the same way that God has to take us through a process. He takes us through a journey, a time of refinement to smooth out the rough places in our lives. Because if you got to where God was going to take you and you're still not ready for it, you're not going to be ready for it. And so God sometimes has to add steam to take out the wrinkles. Someone has said that life is like an alignment. Whether you call it a tire alignment or a wheel alignment, all of you who have cars know that from time to time you have to take the car back in for an alignment. It keeps your car from pulling in the wrong direction. If your car is out of line, it will go in the wrong direction. It will get out of your lane into somebody else's lane. And we've got a lot of folk who are in the wrong lane. You're in somebody else's lane. And, but God realigns us and gives us tire and wheel alignment. Please walk with me through the text in Genesis chapter 45. In chapter 37 of Genesis, we are introduced to a young man whose name is Joseph. He is the only son of Rather, he's the only son of uh, one of 12. He is only 17 years of age. He is the 11th son of Jacob. Joseph is a teenager in Genesis 37. He is in a very dysfunctional home. He is experiencing life in a dysfunctional family. You see, old man Jacob, his father, had 12 sons, but he had 12 sons by four women. Leah, his first wife, bore him six sons and one daughter. Jacob's concubine bore him two sons, and another slave girl bore him an additional two sons. And of course, Rachel, the, the wife that he loved most, gave him two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. Again, Jacob had 12 sons, but he had the 12 sons by four different women, which explains a lot of the family dysfunction. There was a lot of baby mama drama in Joseph's life. 
Does anybody know anything about baby mama's drama? Well, I guess I'm talking to the wrong folk. Y'all don't know nothing about baby mama drama. Uh, the TV Kardashians had nothing when compared to Jacob's family. Two of Joseph's brothers, Simeon and Levi, were murders according to Genesis chapter 34. This is one uh, jacked up family. You talking about messed up, jacked up, this is one dysfunctional family. But I'm trying to go somewhere because there may be someone here today who's coming from a dysfunctional family. And you don't see any future. You don't see, you don't dream any dreams because of the dysfunction that you have been reared in and of the jacked up situation that you found yourself involved in. Joseph was the son born to him in Jacob's old age. Jacob made him a coat of many colors. None of the other sons received coats of many colors from their father. The coat of many colors was a status symbol. The coat of many colors sent a message loud and clear that Joseph was the most beloved son. This caused his brothering to hate him. And may I tell you this morning that there will always be people who will hate on you. Regardless how nice you are, how kind you are, how going out of the way you put yourself, there are folk who will hate on you. I know you got your mask on, but keep them on. But look at somebody and say there, will pe there are people who will hate on you. But God has a plan for you. God will open a door for you. God will make room for you. God has placed an anointing upon you. God has brought you from the back all the way to the front of the line. Several years ago, Adjutant Glover and I went to Dallas, Texas to the funeral service of a general board member, Bishop J. Newell Haynes. Was, the first service was held in Saintsville Church of God in Christ in Dallas. Crowds of people were around the church trying to get in. Inside was full. But because I was dressed then like I'm dressed now with my bishop's clergy and bishop's chain. Though it was a line on the outside, though there were no seats supposedly on the inside, but because I was a bishop, somebody made room for me. I said that to say this, God will make room for you. Where they say there are no vacancies, God will make room for you. God will bring you from the back to the front. Joseph, of course, had two dreams. 
Remember, he's only 17 years of age. He didn't have much wisdom in dealing with uh, how to deal with people and how not to tell all your business to people. And there are yet some folk who don't know not to tell your business to everybody. Some things God show you are too big for the people around you. Can I say it once again? God has some things that are too big for the people around you. They can't understand the dreams and the goal and the destiny that God has for you. But I want to tell you something, that things may get worse before they get better. Would you help me preach? Look at somebody and say, things may get worse before they get better. God is the master sculpturist, and he chips away the parts that won't fit. Where he's taking you, there's some things that won't fit. And so, as a master craftsman, he has to chisel some things off and out of our lives. It would be a terrible thing for you to arrive at your destination and not be ready for that arrival. God would open the door, the opportunity would be present, and then you would not be ready because you couldn't handle the assignment. God must deal with our sins, with our flaws, with our fears, and with our immaturities. In St. John chapter 15, verse 2, it says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it might bring forth more fruit. In other words, the vine is pruned. The vine is cut back. Each year, they have to prune the vines. The brine has two branches. One is a fruit-bearing branch, and the other is one that does not bear fruit. Which are you? Are you bearing fruit for the Lord? Or are you just a branch that bears no fruit? Uh, but it's wonderful to know that when God has to prune us, when God has to cut back, so that uh, we can be more productive. It's wonderful to know that God himself does the pruning. Isn't it wonderful that God doesn't allow your enemies to prune you? Well, if your enemies pruned you, they would cut you too deep. They would cut you too severely. But God, who is a loving father, prunes us. Would you put your hands together and thank God that a loving father prunes me? Joseph's brothers saw him coming and they threw him in a pit. He is literally at rock's bottom. What is a pit? A pit is a hole that you can't get out of by yourself. 
Or Peter's a situation that you can't personally fix. Can I preach to somebody today? A pit is a wayward child. A pit is a family member that's driving you crazy. A pit is an unfaithful spouse. A pit is someone who is always on your case. And uh, let's notice this pit. You find yourself offered in pits that someone else dug for you. Joseph did not dig the hole. He did not dig the pit himself. It was dug by somebody else. And you know, there are a lot of folk who enjoy going around digging holes and digging pits. Can you relate to the story in the pit he heard his brothers whispering about what should befall him. Lord, I'm going to try my best to preach today. He's already down in the pit. He's already down in a hole that he did not create for himself. And down in the hole, he hears his brothers whispering about him. It's bad enough to hear your enemy whisper about you. But when those who are supposedly closest to you are whispering about you and you hear them whispering about you, they're trying to decide if they're going to kill him or what are they going to do to Joseph. Sometimes God allows you to hear the whispers of those around you. And often God allows you to get in situations that you cannot control yourself. He is taking you to your destiny. Uh, everybody eventually knows that a group of Ishmaelite traders came down the road and Joseph's brothers decide to sell him rather than to kill him. They cashed in on their brother. And I'm here to tell you in case you didn't know there are folk who will cash in on you. Lord, uh, that, that's another sermon for another day. But within 30 minutes, you find Joseph now no longer in the pit, but he is now chained with a chain to a caravan train traveling slowly through the distance and through the desert to his destination, which is Egypt. And sometimes you got to go through a desert to get to your destination. Joseph is now on his journey toward his destiny. His destiny is in Egypt. Ah, uh, Lord, help me preach this today. God seldom takes you directly from where you are to where he wants you to be. 
he seldom takes you directly from one point to another point. Normally, he takes you on a journey. He takes you on a trip. Joseph is now chained to the wagon of a caravan on its way to Egypt, to his destiny. God has every one of us on our way toward our destiny. May I encourage you, look beyond the chains. You may be chained to a caravan wagon, but look beyond the chains. Look beyond the ropes. Look beyond what has been dealt to you. Look beyond what has happened to you. I'm going to try to preach today. I want to encourage you to look beyond where you are. Look beyond what has happened to you. Often we can't get to our destiny and our destination because we're hung up with what has happened to us. But God is taking you to your destiny. Joseph's job is now in Potiphar's house, but that's not his ultimate destiny. Potiphar's house was only a stepping stone. It was only a stopping point. It was Potiphar's house that God was ready to give him a promotion to arrive at his ultimate goal and his ultimate destination. Potiphar's wife would be there. Lord, help me preach. On his journey toward his destiny, he had to stop through and by Potiphar's house. God already knew that Mrs. Potiphar was there. Ah. Look at somebody and say, Mrs. Potiphar will be there. Uh, every child of God has a destiny, but you've got to go through Potiphar's house. She lied, and the lie put him in jail because he needed to meet two men in his life. On his journey and on his destination, he needed to meet two men, and he could only meet those two men in, Lord have me, in jail. Oh, Lord. Uh, I got to get ready to sit down. He had to meet a chief baker and a chief butler. Joseph, however, received a promotion in jail. Whoever heard of a man receiving a promotion in jail? Two full years went by. He sat in jail, hoping, praying that the cupbearer would remember that he had befriended him. And for two whole years, the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. But I'm glad that when others forget, God will remember. 
Will you look at somebody and say, when others forget, God will remember. And he said, I remember today my fault. When I was in prison, there was a young man from the land of Egypt, from Israel rather, who interpreted my dream. God sent Joseph from the pit now to prison. And from prison now to the palace. He is in charge now of all of the agricultural things in the land of Egypt. He rides in his chariot next to Pharaoh. And nothing happened in Israel, rather in Egypt, unless Joseph said so. And when his brothers came seeking bread, he said to them, you minute for evil thought you were getting rid of me sold me down the train pushed me under the bus but God somebody help me say but God sent me before you and brothers what you meant for evil, God has turned it to good. And I want you to look around and tell my dad all that you see. Well, what did they see, Joseph? They saw him riding next to Pharaoh. They saw him with a purple robe on and a chain on his neck and a ring on his finger and an advisor to the king and he said to his brothers tell my dad what you have seen you've seen me in my glory you've seen me in my honor tell my dad and bring my dad back to me and you live in the land of Goshen as I take my seat. God has you on a journey. God has you on a journey. He has you on a destiny. He's taking you from one thing to another thing. So don't be weary in well-doing. Don't faint because God is taking you to your destiny.